So it's made for people to fail. It's made for people to start thinking twice about the decisions that they've made. So I say, you know, my freshman year, I definitely got very discouraged. And I remember there was a time after a chemistry one exam where I told myself, you know, I'm no longer pre-medicine. I told myself, that's it. You know, I'm just going to be an engineer from now on. And that was that. What's going on guys, this is Ahmed here with episode 7 of the Your Pursuit of Purpose podcast. With me today, I have a recent graduate from the College of Engineering here at the University of Iowa with a degree in Biomedical Engineering. In his time here at the university, he has been involved in a multitude of different activities including clubs, research, and teaching as an undergraduate teaching assistant. He has received multiple presentation awards for his research and earned an outstanding teaching award for his services in teaching. He has been funded through, a multiple, uh, through multiple fellowships excuse me, and grants, including one from the American Physiological Society, or the APS, to conduct his own research. For his efforts, he has most recently been awarded the Outstanding Senior Award for his 2018 graduating class. So in this coming fall, actually, he's going to be joining the combined MD-PhD program, which is an MSTP-affiliated program, at the Carver College of Medicine, where he will be combining both science and medicine in his work. Along with all these things, he actually doubles as my younger brother. So please help me welcome Hassan Ahmed. Hello everyone. First of all, I want to say thank you Ahmed for that tremendous introduction. I also want to say thank you to Ahmed for having me on the show. It's both an honor and a pleasure. I also want to commend Ahmed here for starting the <laughs> Pursuit of Purpose podcast to begin with. He's going above the call of duty and he's just going above and beyond and providing a platform for people of color that are underrepresented to come talk about their story and lend advice to other people that may be going through the same type of struggles that we're going through. And this is something that's special. And he understands that we are underrepresented, yes, but we're also underappreciated. And he's doing something very tremendous and special for the community. Wow. Thank you so much, Hassan. I really appreciate that. And I hope it does you know, reach those who actually need the message. Sure. Or I hope it's heard by the ones that are actually in need of it. Certainly. Yeah. So going in, Let's take everybody back to high school Hassan, senior year, graduating from Iowa City West High School and getting ready to embark on this adventure called college, coming in as a pre-med, as a biology major. Right. So most people don't know this is he did graduate with an engineering degree, but he initially was a biology major. Absolutely. Okay, you're taking me back quite a bit. But <laughs> let me let me dig deep here for a second. Yeah. So yes, I did start out as a biology major. You know, the summer in between graduating from high school and coming in as a freshman in college, I was actually dead set on being pre-medicine. But okay. I was coming in with a biology degree, and right. so we're into the biology program. Right. Uh, my love for medicine kind of preceded my love for engineering or my love for science, and so I knew for sure that I wanted to pursue um, a degree eventually in medicine, and I thought biology would be a good medium to get me there. Um, and during that summer, right in between the college and, uh, and high school, I actually got an email while I was in Sudan, vacationing in Sudan uh, with my family mm -hmm. uh, from Jane Dorman, who is the administrative director here at the University of Iowa College of Engineering, telling me that I should just check out, just investigate what it is to be a biomedical engineer. And she said that it would be a good idea to um, look into the program and see whether or not it would be able to... Um, to lend to the fact that I was a pre-medical student mm -hmm. and, and see whether or not it would be a good idea for me to be a biomedical engineering 
engineer as a pre-medical student. Mm. And you know, I did some searching, just some quick Google searches about what it meant to be a biomedical engineer. And that really sparked my interest in, in being an engineer. And a lot of people, you know, they, they get the conventional majors, the biology majors, the chemistry majors, human physiology, psychology sometimes. And those are the predominantly what are known to be the pre-medical majors. Right. Uh, people don't know that, uh, quite honestly, being a biomedical engineer is, is, you know, it's a very good way to learn problem-solving skills and have problem-solving skills in order to apply them in the medical field. Mm. You know, a lot of what medicine is or has become is having a hypothesis, it's become problem-solving. Having hypo a hypothesis, formulating it, and then testing it and seeing whether or not it works. Right. And so that's what they teach you in, bi excuse me, in biomedical engineer. How do, in biomedical engineering, how do we take a problem, how do we apply our hypotheses or formulas that are governing and solve that problem? Right. And so you, do you feel like you, pursuing this whole biomedical engineering track, right. was it the right choice? Oh, absolutely. You know, during my interviews as a, as a pre-medical student, I was getting a lot of questions as to why I was a biomedical engineer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I every single time I would say problem solving, problem solving, problem solving. You know, the conventional pre-medical majors, as I discussed before, they're not really taught how to problem solve effectively. But mm -hmm. as a biomedical engineer, you know, we're giving these tools, these tricks of the trade on how to quickly diagnose an issue and put in the time and effort that it takes in order to solve that problem. So yes, absolutely. I thought biomedical engineering was a perfect median to get me to where I wanted to be in, in the medical field. Okay, but in terms of engineering now, right. uh, the rigor of coursework relative to, relative to the conventional basic science courses, or right. basic science uh, majors like chemistry, biology, it's much tougher. Absolutely. That's, that's the reality of it. Right, right. So as a pre-med, wouldn't that kind of take a hit on your GPA going into your applications and whatnot? Right. I'm not going to lie. You definitely need to have a liking for problem solving in order to be an engineer okay. because you can't just go into these classes willy-nilly and think that it's just going to come to you naturally. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of it was, you know, rigorous coursework, long nights, you know, staying up multiple days of the week. Uh, to get my homework done but without a doubt the the outcome was something that was very special in learning how to be an effective problem solver but you know you had to put in the time you had to be a dedicated and motivated student in order to be a, an engineer and a pre-medical student at the same time but you know in, in in that light I definitely felt like my skills as a biomedical engineer and my skills as a pre-medical student definitely overlapped a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, my engineering classes helped me be a better pre-medical student and being a pre-medical student helped me be a better biomedical engineering student. Mm, gotcha, so there was an overlap, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely, right. yeah. For sure, and just in terms of, so coming in as a freshman, your freshman year, right. you came in as a biomedical engineering, uh, engineering student right. after you changed from that bio degree. Right. So was there a time, because you're surrounded by a bunch of engineering students. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, the pre-meds. Right, right. So was there a time maybe during your freshman year or sophomore year where you kind of got discouraged or you felt, yeah. I don't know if I could do this? Because right. a lot of times people come into the, to a college or they come, to, uh, they come into a university with this pre-med tag. Right. And it's so common. And it's like, I remember my freshman year, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm pre-med. But by the time it was junior year, oh, no, 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 I'm just studying, right. whatever. I dropped that tag a long time ago. Absolutely. So how, how did you can, can uh, continue per being persistent and keeping that pre-med title all the way through your undergraduate studies. Right. And I'll did you have times of kind of like doubt? Sure, sure. I'll start off by answering your first question okay. on, you know, being a, both a pre-medical student and a biomedical engineering student at the same time. You know, I always thought I was kind of in this gray area. You know, I had my biomedical engineering friends and my general engineering friends on one side and then my pre-medical friends on the other side. And so I thought I was always in this limbo, kind of conflicted between the two fields, never able to kind of completely grasp one or the other. Um, and so that kind of, you know, took a toll on me. And eventually I was kind of leaning towards going the engineering route. You know, I was starting to enjoy my 
my engineering classes a little bit. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and the pre-medical classes were really, really daunting, and it was kind of getting to me. You talked about moments of time that I was struggling, you know. The first few chem principles of chemistry one exams, you know, I, I got in the 60-something percents, you know, like D grades for, for a lot of those, and that really bogged me down. You That's know. discouraging. Yeah, exactly, and you know, at that point, I was using a principles of chemistry one class to dictate whether or not, I was using it as a scale to dictate whether or not I'd make a good physician or not. And so, you know, at that point, I was saying, oh, since I'm, you know, not doing so well on these exams in chemistry one, uh, I, I, I'm not fit to be a physician, essentially. And that's what a lot of people get caught up on, it, whether or not you're going to do well in this one principles of chemistry one class that's, you know, made to begin with to discourage people and have them doubting themselves. And it's, it's what they call a weed out class. You know, they put it in place in order to get rid of students to begin with. Right. So it's made for people to fail. It's made for people to start thinking twice about the decisions that they've made. So I'd say, you know, my freshman year, I definitely got very discouraged. And I remember there was a time after a chemistry one exam where I told myself, you know, I'm no longer pre-medicine. I told myself, that's it. You know, I'm just going to be an engineer from now on. And that was that. But, you know, I had, like I said before, a good support system in place that told me that I need to just keep fighting and keep fighting and keep pushing. And, and so I did. And, you know, at the end of the semester, things ended up working out properly because, you know, I did keep fighting. Mm -hmm. I did keep pushing. And, and, you know, that's what people need to realize that, yes, you know, intrinsic motivation is very important, but extrinsic, extrinsic motivation is just as important. Having a good Absolutely. support system in place for people that are going to push you forward rather than pull you back. For sure. And just kind of going off a segue with that, what you just mentioned is you have to go back to your passions. Right. If you're coming in to university and you're like, I want to be a doctor. Right. You're not going to let one class discourage you. Absolutely not. And if you do, then you might have to think, go back and self-reflect and figure out, right. am I really in this because I want to be a doctor? Absolutely. Or am I just doing this because, oh, to make my parents proud? Right, or right. You have to just go back and look at your passions and self-reflect. Am I really passionate about this? And if so, I'm going to do what it takes to get to the finish line. I agree completely. You know, that principles of chemistry one class, it really, I'm going to keep mentioning that it really bogged me down. But, you know, it does take that in reflection do I have what it takes to be a physician don't let other people necessarily dictate you know whether or not you're gonna make a good physician ask yourself personally do I think I have what it takes to be a good physician and if the answer that to that question is yes then that motivation alone should be able to drive you forward and yes it mm -hmm. is important to have that support group but like I said intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation these are two completely separate things that you know we, we require the both of them but the intrinsic is what comes first because if you don't want to do something personally then you shouldn't be forced into it but mm -hmm. if you really feel like this is what you have a passion for and this is what you have a knack for then you know convince yourself yes keep driving keep going and push forward wow those are some really powerful words Hassan appreciate what you just said there. For everyone who's listening, I'm pretty sure they're gonna appreciate it too. I hope so. Yeah, and so now I wanna just kinda segue into you, so you're a pre-med, right. biomedical engineering student, but you're not going into med school right now. Not only med school, I should say. You're going to commit eight years right. after you graduate, after you just graduated, four years of college, to pursuing a PhD and a medical degree, right. an MD. So. How did you foster this love for, first of all, research? Right. And how did you make the decision that I'm going to commit eight years of my life? Because this still, I remember the first day he told me about this whole MD-PhD thing. Right. He came home after talking to his mentor, whatever it was, and he was just like, yeah, I think I want to do this dual degree program. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, tell me more. He told me eight years. I was like, um, <laughs> I don't know about eight years. But he's just like, yeah, it just it combines and whatever. And you can kind of talk about that. For sure. But can you just kind of give us... Yeah. A little bit about yeah, how you made the decision to sure. pursue this degree. And maybe, because a big thing about Hassan, uh, the things that I mentioned is his love for research. Right. 
How did you begin research and how did this whole MD PhD thing just come about? Absolutely, I'm smiling right now because I'm gonna tell a, like a, a recent story that was actually pretty funny. You know, my, my freshman year in college, I, I actually wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to get involved into research. Huh. And so it was actually through Ahmed here that um, that I was, you know, pushed forward to, to get involved in research. He said, Hassan, you need to go out and, you know, get a get a research position. You know, I wasn't really sure how to navigate the system. I wasn't even sure about how to get into club involvement and things of that nature. And research was one of those things that was looming in the back of my mind, but I wasn't really sure whether or not I wanted to do it. Ahmed here, you know, he pushed me forward. And eventually I sent two emails out, one to Dr. George Richardson, who I'm currently working with, and one to Dale Abel uh, that, that um, that's doing research in uh, diabetes. Um, the position for Dale Abel's lab actually got full the day that I sent that email out. And later that same day, I got an email back from Dr. George Richardson telling me that, you know, I should come in for an interview that, that following week. And so I did. As a research assistant. As a, yep, as an undergraduate research assistant. Mm -hmm. and, and it was pretty much just like that, you know, in a blink of an eye, I was, I was working in the lab. I was, doing, I was doing this rigorous work. I was helping a PhD student named uh, Yu Jong Kim who kind of showed me the tricks of the trade, like I talked about before. She was a PhD student in biomedical engineering. And the thing that got George Richardson, who I'm currently working with, the most interested in my work is the fact that I was a biomedical engineer. You know, he, he knew that the insights that we have and the perspectives that we can bring as engineering students really lends to the problem-solving environment and really lends to the research environment. And so he really liked that about me, and, and that's why I ended up getting the position. And your mentor, what was his undergraduate major? And he was actually an aerospace engineer at the uh, University of Iowa State. Yeah. So uh, yeah, full <laughs> circle there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, um, and uh, for just for a second here, I'll, I'll talk about why I kind of got involved into research and you know how that's kind of pushed me forward ever since. Like I said before, I wasn't really interested in research. I know I wanted, to, I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't know that I wanted to be a physician scientist, an MD PhD. So after I started doing research, you know, I kind of fell in love with it. And again, it was it was that crossroads once more. You know, whether whether or not I become a doctor, or whether or not I become a researcher, a PhD. And it turns out you can do both. And so you know, I looked into these MD PhD programs, and and you know, they really sparked my interest. It was it was this kind of this internal thing that was like, wow, okay, being able to do both things, being able to take the problems that we see in the clinic, translate them to the research bench top and then back to the clinic, you know, that sounded really intriguing to me. And so I ended up pursuing that, that, that um, walk of life. Mm -hmm. And in terms of just uh, the amount of research, so applying for these MD, PhD programs, what's the difference between applying to MD programs? Because you applied to both, right, am I right? right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you applied to some MD programs, but as well as some MD, PhD programs. Right, right. So how were you able to articulate your application sure. to make sure that, or to ensure I would be a good fit for MD, PhD programs right. versus medical? Because you kind of, it's, you were, you were applying for both, so you kind of have two separate applications? Like right. A, a sense of that, I guess. A little bit. So uh, as an MD, PhD applicant, there are two more essays that you have to write about. Okay. And that's just one that's describing your, your research and another one describing why you want to be an MD, PhD to begin with. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna lie, the application itself has to be geared more towards being an MD, PhD than being an MD. And you just kind of have to hope that the people on the MD commi committees can kind of understand why your application is geared towards being an MD, PhD and hope that it's enough to entice them to giving you an interview for the MD only programs. Right. So the way I was shaping my application, it focused on research. Okay. You know, that's, that's the number one factor in applying to MD, PhD programs. How much research do you have? And is it independent research? You know, it's one thing to work with a graduate student, but it's a whole other thing to have an independent research project where you're answering your own question 
and testing your own hypothesis. Mm. And so that's that's one of the biggest you know red flags whenever somebody doesn't have those independent research projects. Right. And so you know gearing my application more towards the research rather than the medicine, you know, it maybe took a toll when it came to applying to the only MD programs, but it definitely lended to the fact that I wanted to be an MD-PhD student. Mm, okay, gotcha. And just, so when you're applying for these, because right now there's a lot of people out there that are currently applying to med school. Right. Right, because right now the, the cycle has opened. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm sure people are, you know, getting trigger happy <laughs> with, that, with that first week of June when, when the, uh, whenever you can click submit on the application. Right, right. and wh when is the submit date for uh, medical school applications? You know, it's early June. It kind of changes every year. I think right. mine was June 4th last year. Okay. But um, yeah, it, it's plus or minus a few days sometimes. And is there, a, is there an advantage to submitting early versus submitting late? And when did you submit yourself? Yeah, you know, there is definitely a, an advantage, you know, being first in line. As soon as interview spots get filled up, you know, there's, there's a less likelihood that you're going to get an interview extended to you just because of the fact that there's not a lot of interviews left to give out to begin with so they want to save them for the you know the top tier applicants mm -hmm. um, me personally I submitted I clicked the submit button July 1st I remember we me and my brother were actually sitting sitting in the living room at midnight and uh, we were rereading through my whole application and literally whenever the clock struck it was 1234 at midnight <laughs> and we clicked <laughs> submit July 1st and I remember just like this weight being lifted off my shoulders uh, you know and, and a lot of people get worried about the whole application process because you know you have to keep reading and rereading your application making sure that there's no mistakes in it and uh, you know that that really is troublesome because you know you find the smallest mistakes and you think that that small mistake might have lended to a whole bunch of other mistakes and you know it starts getting to your head and it's a psychological game and, and pretty soon, you know, you're, you're just really stressed out. You know, one thing I really want to mention is the fact that I had a friend of mine that was applying to medical school at the same time as me, Omar Shaben. And uh, what we did together is we would take maybe one or two hours every single weekend, and we would go to, go to a quiet place, and we would literally just trade laptops. I would take his laptop, and he would take my laptop, and we would reread through our entire application, like each other's applications. Mm. And anytime we spotted a mistake, we would tell each other about it. And sometimes we would read them out loud to each other and say, hey, does your application make sense to you personally? Right. And so that really helped me out a lot because every single time we would read through, we would find some type of mistake. Um, and so, you know, that becomes really important. Having somebody go back and reread your entire application is, you know, that'll save you loads of loads of time because you can reread, you can read it and reread it and it can make sense in your mind. Right. But somebody else, you know, somebody else like an admissions director can read it and they can be bewildered by it because they have no idea what's going on. So having friends, family, a support system like I talked about before right. that is able to go back and reread your application, that's really important. And one thing in particular, sorry, no, no, go ahead. before we continue is the personal statement. So once you craft a personal statement and you think it's 110% legitimate, get somebody to read it because I promise you they will not think it's 110% legitimate. They will give you advice and constructive criticism as to how to make it better and that's what makes a good application. How do you take you know what you've crafted already and make it that much better? Yeah. And you know, I actually wanna dedicate an episode to kind of just how to articulate a personal statement, how right. to articulate your whole pre-med applications. Absolutely. Because you did this so recently and there's right. people who are probably doing this right now. Yeah. So I'm just actually gonna leave you guys off right here with episode six and would, if you guys want to join us to hear about how to navigate this whole application process for medical school and just tips and tricks maybe some interview questions we can uh, go, uh, go uh, share with together yeah. just to give them a little idea and if uh, you guys are okay with that we'll see you on episode seven or would it be eight <laughs> I'm not even sure but we'll see you guys next time of the Your Pursuit of Purpose podcast and until then keep pursuing your purpose thank you